Dios. Repeat after me. The only way that I can keep my way pure is to guard it according to this word. This word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Today, I will receive the word implanted which is able to save my soul. Now go ahead and praise God for it. your seats. Give him praise, give him praise. Give him praise, give him praise. He's worth your praise, worth your praise. Worth your praise, worth your praise. He's worth your praise, worth your praise. He's worth your praise, worth your praise. notebooks out <clears throat> y'all ready for the word of the Lord he's worth your praise worth your praise
I told us 
Last week, when we began this series, I said, when you truly get sincere, when you get for real about living your life for Christ, it won't be long before you come under fire. It won't be long before you encounter a test to your resolve. It won't be long before you encounter a test of your conviction. It won't be long before you encounter a test of your declaration. But they that wait, that means they that have faith in upon the Lord shall renew. Okay. I speak renewed strength. I speak renewed strength. Renew conviction. Try again. Renew strength. You'll mount up with wings like eagles. I don't have to be deep, but I don't know if y'all ever figured out something. Eagles don't fly low. You'll never see no eagles down in the low level. To and it, watch this. Their wingspans are so vast that it don't take much, Deacon Sander, for an eagle to gain altitude. Y'all, you notice hummingbirds, they gotta do a bunch of flapping. They gotta do, not eagles. I need you to understand when the Lord said you'll mount up with wings as eagles, that means he's about to allow you to gain altitude without struggle. No more of this. No more of all that working. You're going to have to do is say, we ready, God. Oh, higher. Oh, I wish somebody would understand. Your days of struggle without faith are over. If you activate your faith, he's about to allow you to gain altitude without struggle. <laughs> Ain't no need for an eagle to worry about a predator while he's in flight. Oh, you ain't never in your life seen an eagle worry about a predator while he's in flight. 
a domain where I get to be majestic up here. I all this flapping. I'm soaring. The only time they even have to get low is when they're coming down to grab what's theirs. I need to switch it. Okay. All right. They want me to switch my mics. It's all right. Y'all heard me, right? Everybody in here heard what I said? See, here's the thing. I'm not going to get all worked up over nothing. I need two or three of y'all to hear what I just said. Y'all been getting worked up over stuff. God helped me. I ain't going to call no names, but I'm looking at you. Stop getting worked up when God ain't worked up. All right. Get those notebooks. Coach, move that table for me. I feel like coming down here with y'all. I got something to say. Y'all right? I got some stuff to say. Y'all turn, y'all turn to Exodus. I got to give y'all some ground rules. Ooh, we. Some of y'all just should have told God, my bad. I've been flapping when I should have been soaring. Huh? I've been flapping. I've been just in their flapping wings. I saw a condor, magnificent bird, who had been hurt in the wild. They brought him in. They got him all back bandaged, got him together, and it was time to release him again. And the condor, the condor hopped out his cage. And for a minute, he looked around. He was recalibrating himself to his native environment. Oh. Y'all been having me in this cage. I ain't known how to function for a while. But he jumped out for a minute. He was like, I wonder what he's going to do. Next thing you know, that condor was like. I ain't been able to do this in captivity. Y'all done had me in this cage and I'm not used to being able to stretch out. He hopped one more little hop to the edge of the cliff. 
And for a minute, real slow, the condor turned his head to look at his captors. Like, ain't nobody going to put me back in this cage. And before you knew it, that condor, gone. I need somebody to understand this morning as we get into this word. Faith opens the door to your cage. Oh, when you start understanding faith, because you're supposed to walk by faith, not by. Soon as faith gets activated, that's when you mount up. So when you understand faith, the door to your cage opens. Now you can sit there all day if you feel like it, but you better get recalibrated to your native environment. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be caged. That's not the way God made me. The Bible says we'll have dominion. Okay. My native environment is to have dominion, to have domain. I'm not supposed to be locked up, worried about what people think about me, concerned over not over whether or not the government is going to go into recession or who gonna pass what law? Man, my native environment is an environment of dominion. Let me go ahead and flap these wings, and, these wings, and get far above. Let me give you these ground rules. You should have them in your notes. I gotta teach a while, just a little while. Now, for all of you who are concerned about last week, the clock was broke. clock was broke the clock said I had plenty of time last week it was malfunctioning they said they fixed it I don't know but I didn't see nobody complain when Golden State went into two overtimes just the other day everybody's like this is the greatest game ever so we going to teach till I get through. Ground rules. Ground rules on the message of faith. You should have them in your notes. These ground rules apply pretty much to anything you don't like in the word. But specifically faith. Number one, you should have these already so you get to re-look re at your notes. Choosing ignorance is not a viable excuse for disobedience. You need it again? I told you I'm only giving points three times in 2023. Choosing ignorance is not a viable excuse for disobedience. You don't get to bypass accountability by ignoring, dismissing, running, or delaying your study and application of the word of God. You don't get to say, Bishop, talk too fast. I didn't hear it. You don't get to say that. Because on the same Facebook you scroll is a video of this message. Number two, without faith, one cannot please God. That's Hebrews 11.6. So if you run from the pedagogy of faith, you're actually making a decision to run from relationship with the Father. Hmm? Now watch this. Without faith, Hebrews eleven six, 6, 
it is impossible to please him. That's the word, right? Let me give you a revelation right there before I move forward. With faith, it's possible. <laughs> yep. Lord, how do I please you? With faith. If without faith it's impossible, with faith it's possible. Number three. <laughs> Even when one's faith is tried, there is an outcome we should be grateful for. It's called patience. The trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. You got to let patience have its perfect work. So that you can be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So let's turn to Exodus chapter 3. And we know in Exodus chapter 3 that God is having a conversation with Moses at a bush which is on fire. I just need to make sure that y'all understand the setting. You have a talking bush on fire, but it's not burning up. It's on fire, but it won't be consumed. Never. Just keeps happening. There's a bush on fire, but not consumed through which the voice of God spoke. Still ain't caught it. You have a bush. I know, I know Genesis calls it a bush, but Psalm says you shall be like. Okay, wait. So, so the burning bush is actually the visible representation of what we should be as the born again when we're filled. We should be the bush on fire, not consumed, through which the word speaks. Ah! Unfortunately, many of us are just a bush dying from malnutrition. In verse 10, what? In verse 10, after the Lord has told Moses that he's concerned about his people, he says in verse 10, therefore, come now, I'll send you. I'll send you. Now, I told you last week, this is a problem because he's sending a wanted man back to Egypt. Moses is wanted for murder in Egypt and people know it. And you're about to send me back to my accusers. Come now, I'll send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, here's the faith crisis. Who am I? Y'all see that? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? If you do your history, you will know that Pharaohs believe themselves to be gods. You sending me to a crazy man who paints his face, who believes he's going to be God who's sitting here literally making himself a house to stretch to heaven so that he can go in within it, be buried with treasure so that he can be rich in the afterlife. Y'all do know that's what the pyramids are, right? 
Come on, class. Y'all do know that the pyramids are tombs. Right? One pyramid is one casket. They might let their family stay in there. Maybe. Just depends. But each pyramid was designed by one pharaoh as his casket to reach to heaven and then they would bury him with all manner of gold, some of them with chariots. Sometimes they would kill animals so that when he came back in the afterlife, he'd have some money with him. This was the theology of the pharaohs. And Moses, who was talking to a burning bush, who believes in God, who's wanted for murder, you want to send me to an egotistical maniac who's building a pyramid to have money in the afterlife? Are you serious? And some of us complain about talking to your neighbor. <laughs> Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? That I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt. Look at verse 12. This is where I want to work. He said, certainly. Somebody shout certainly. Certainly I will be with you. This shall be the sign to you that it is I who sent you. When you brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this mountain. Verse 12 again, certainly. So Moses is, is not being led by his faith senses. Now let's not be too hard on Moses. Because some of y'all would have ran when the bush caught fire. But he's being led by his natural senses. What he says in verse 11 it's true. Who am I? But it didn't change the assignment. Our rebuttal to God don't change God. You can be all the scared you want. And God still said what he said. You can complain all you feel like. That don't change the assignment. I can't find anywhere where God Heard somebody say, oh my God, I'm afraid. And God said, well, never mind then. We cool. No problem. I understand. We good. Nowhere. Even in Isaiah, when Isaiah was like, woe is me. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. He was like, come here, let me burn them lips. Like I hear you in everything, but let, let me go ahead and set them lips on fire. Since your lips are the problem, that's what I'm going to roast. Since you, since you got a problem with your lips, he told one of them angels, give me a coal off the fire. For reference in your individual study, that's Isaiah 6. Huh? Now listen. Listen, he told an angel, I'm about to help two, three of y'all. He told an angel to go get a coal. Still didn't catch it. Let's do it again. He told an angel, coach, to go get a coal. 
Okay, you sit in here. Because we think that we're getting people together when the coal didn't come from God. That coal came from your messed up heart. Your clapback doesn't fix it. In order for somebody's lips to be recalibrated, the coal must come from God. Don't think that just because you spoke the truth that that's going to fix it because there is a prerequisite to that truth. Speak the truth in love, but God is love. So that means that even my truth must come when I sit in God. Just because I said the truth, if I didn't say it from the seat of godliness, that call doesn't come from God. I speak the truth not through, but in. So I have to be in the place of love before I can utter the truth. If I utter the truth outside of love, the same truth becomes an attack. You can say a true thing. But if you're not sitting in the same, in the right seat. Love gives your truth a license to correct. Without love, your truth has no license. Truth becomes illicit outside of love. Okay. So he said, like it. So he says, who am I? Answer, nobody. You the one I picked. But God's response to Moses during the faith crisis is vital. Verse 12, certainly I'll be with you. Look at that. God's response to Moses' faith crisis is the promise of the presence. I started with this on Wednesday. I need to go further. Visit. He says, Here's my promise to you, since you're afraid, I'll be with you. Matter of fact, I'm going to put a qualifier, certainly. Certainly, I'll be with you. Pay attention. It's the pattern of the Lord. This is the pattern of the Lord. It's a promise that runs through Scripture. Anytime, hear me, take my time down here. Anytime God wants to do something great, He'll give you a promise of presence. Anytime he wants us to overcome an obstacle that we see, because he don't have no obstacles. I dealt with that last week. God don't have no obstacles. We the ones like, oh my God, Red Sea. He like, and I walk on water. But since I ain't showed you that part yet, I'll part it. Y'all still ain't caught that. That's going to hit somebody in the middle of the week. Like, oh. He like, since y'all haven't seen walking on water yet, I can't expect you to do it yet. Jesus is not here. You're communicating with me through a cloud. I can't show you what walking on water is, so I can only allow you to move in what you've seen. That's why you got to be careful who you under. Because if what you under ain't walking in the supernatural, you don't have a visible representation of what's possible. He said, so I tell you what, I'm going to have to come down to your level. I'll make the ground dry. Because I could have just marched y'all across it. 
I'm capable. But I'll make the ground dry because you only have dry ground faith. You've never seen anything else. And since your eyes haven't been open to my possibilities yet, I'll just operate in the level of your eyes. Okay. So, certainly, I'll be with you. Anytime he wants to move his people beyond a flawed mindset, some of us, some of us have flawed mindsets. Can we be honest? Come on, saints, can we be honest? Some of us got some flawed mindsets. Flawed mindsets about relationships. Flawed mindsets about money. Flawed mindsets about the church. Flawed mindsets about God's power. We got some flawed mindsets. We messed up. Some of us is messed up. Like we think God's the genie in the bottle. You rub the bottle with your praise and he's going to pop on out. You rub the bottle with your money and he's going to pop on. God's like, I don't need your money and I don't need your praise. I'm surrounded in heaven by people who worship me and I own everything. You think that you, come on, God is saying in this room, if you give him $25, he will bless you. He is not saying that at all. That's a lie. That is witchcraft. That's manipulation. Huh? If you don't want to give it, keep it in your pocket. Like God needs your $25. You should be so in love that $25 is an insult. He don't want your money. Want your money. Keep that cubit zirconia. I was like, come on. Come on. Anytime he wants to do something great, he gives a promise of presence. Anytime, listen to this, he wants to change you from one state to another, he gives you a promise of presence. Anytime he wants to move you into realms that you haven't seen. He gives you a promise of presence. Sadly, Shan, that's not enough for many of us. We won't move. I'm about to say something. We won't move until we see the result of presence. The promise of presence is not enough. We need results. We say it out loud in church as if we're not offensive. Show us Show us your hand, God. He's like, wait a minute. So you're not going to move until you see results? So me being with you is not enough. I know. I'm about to agitate this water just a little bit more. A careful read of the text shows us something, Melita. It shows us something important. God tells him, you won't know that I'm with you until after you do what I told you. Okay, y'all didn't like to see it. Let's read it. 12 is still up. He said, certainly I'll be with you. And this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. What's the sign? When you've brought the people out. Are y'all reading the same Bible? I'm not going to prove that I was with you until you finished. The promise of my presence got to be enough to take you through. And when you get done and you come back to the same place where you encountered me, the proof that I was there is the worship at the finish line. The proof it's not this burning bush, none of that. I'll prove that I was with you when you're done. 
Lord, show me a sign. Really? Jesus he says, a stiff-necked people ask for signs. You want me to validate before manifestation? Hmm? You want me to put a down payment on my promise? You want me to do it before you do anything? This says something about us. It says something about us. We don't really want God. We just want his stuff. Because if the promise of his presence was enough, broke, you'd be happy with him. You hear? Who cares? Bishop, that don't make sense. That means that you don't know what presence means. Okay, I'm going to give y'all a nugget here. I'm not going to get this far, but you need to hear this nugget. Glory is the manifestation of presence. You might want to write that down. You might want to write what I just said. Glory is actually the manifestation of presence. Y'all got it in your notes? Now watch this. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in what? Oh. So if glory is actually the manifestation of his presence, where glory is, my needs are met. So if I am satisfied with glory, I don't have to worry about needs. But when I don't like glory, but only long for needs, I'll never get my needs outside of my own strength. What you can accomplish fails, pales in comparison to what God can accomplish. Don't believe because you bought it. That's what God wanted. Glory allows you to walk into what you can't afford. And I'm not even talking about just money. I'm going to show y'all some premises here. When you walk in the presence of God, doors open you're unqualified for. When you walk in the presence of God, you began to be able to lay your hand on stuff that's too heavy for you. That's too heavy for your strength. But I perfected your strength because it was made perfect. Y'all hearing me? All right. So, God says basically, you do the work and I will prove while you're working, I'm with you. So let's wrap our heads around this reality. Is his presence enough or will you continue to doubt until you see manifestation? Lord, your presence is enough. It's enough. Is it? We say stuff like, Lord, I need you. Is that really what you're saying? Is it him or it? Do you really want God? Or do you just want all of his benefits? 
Let me tell you three things today, and I'm going to sit down. Number one, y'all okay? Because he says, certainly I'll be with you. That is what the Bible says, right? Certainly. Somebody shout certainly. Now, I want you, every time you get afraid, to just remind yourself of certainly. Every time you find yourself with a give up, come on, we are eight days into January, and some of y'all already gave up. My English is bad on purpose. You already gave up. You have already gave up. You like, and over it, eight days in. I want you to remind yourself, certainly. Now, now there's, there's, there's something to say about certainly. Certainly I. Oh, I'm about to mess up. Help me, God. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Certainly I. Not certainly Joshua. Not certainly the children of Israel. Yeah. See, the promise of presence is the promise of his. Don't give up because who you thought was going to be with you, don't go. Certainly I. You ain't got to go for me to still trust God. There are some people there are some people who will turn on you and swear they've heard God. But the promise ain't got nothing to do with their help. Certainly I. Huh? If God be for me, certainly I. You ain't got to go. And I ain't going to be mad at you for staying. Because if his presence is not enough for you, I don't need you in the environment where you can't celebrate with me because I'm just glad to be with God. I'm not mad. I don't need to write no letters about you. I don't need to clap back. All I'm doing is basking in his presence because I'm so excited about being where God is that I ain't got time to be mad at you who don't want to be where God is. Got time. Just glad I'm with God. You can still keep being without God. I'm over here with the Lord. Hmm? I'm over here with God. Three things I got to say. Number one. Number one. The promise of presence should give you faith to move into roles you don't think you're ready for. I'll do it again. The promise of presence, for my note takers, all of them are going to start the same way. The promise of presence should give you faith to move into roles that you don't think you're ready for. You need it one more time? Just one. Got it. The promise of presence should give you faith. All three of them are going to start just like that. To move into roles that you don't think you're ready for. Let me tell you something. Stop saying no to promotion that you keep telling yourself you're not qualified for. If you got asked 
I don't care nothing about what you think about you. Because watch this. The one who asks you has the authority to place you. So how in the world are you going to tell one with authority that you don't want promotion because you have a bad view of yourself? Got a bad view of yourself. Huh? I just, Bishop, I said no because I didn't think I could do it. That ain't got... I just didn't think. I just, I just felt. I just. God's like, oh, got it. And when you don't feel you can do it, let me tell you a couple of things you're saying. Number one, I ain't willing to be trained. Number two, I'm not willing to be honest about my current state because I wanted to go into this elevated position making everyone feel like I was already ready before I got here. And I'm going to have to be honest about what I don't know. But I'm afraid that my honesty is going to make me get demoted. Ha! Ha! Oh, I'm having a good time. I'm having a great time down here. So you're saying to yourself, like, mm, I don't want to be trained. I don't want to be honest, and I don't want to be stretched. Because watch this, I won't increase with comfort. I don't want to be stretched. That promotion is going to cause me to work harder than I'm comfortable with. I'm speaking to somebody in the natural. Hmm? Come on. I'm speaking to somebody right Okay. I'm speaking to somebody right now. Even your financial state is a result of you not wanting to work no more. You complaining about debt that you can make more money to cover. You well-bodied. You just don't want to work. You don't need supernatural. You need an application. You don't need God to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. You need to put the video game controller down and go to work. You're not under attack. You're under lazy. Turn to Joshua. Do you have my first, my first point? The promise of presence should give you the faith to move into roles that you do not think you're ready for. It should give you the faith. Because remember, what did he tell Moses? Certainly. I'll be with you. That's God's response to faith crisis. This is foundational, y'all. God's response to faith crisis is certainly. I'll be with you. All right, now Joshua chapter 1. Let's look at verse 1. Now it came about, Lord help us, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to who? 
if God is speaking to you, somebody's already been moved out the way. You telling God, but so-and-so. That's not your concern. Your concern is yes. Came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. What's that next word? Wait, wait, wait. Therefore or now? Therefore or now? Both work. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now. Now that we got that out the way. As a matter of fact, if you want a parallel to this, go study the initiation of the ministry of Jesus. Because the Bible tells us in the gospel, when John the Baptist got put in prison, Jesus. Because watch this. God, when God tells you it's your time, everything in your way has already been moved. What we do is we respond to God about what's in the way. He's like, come on. This, is, this proves we don't know God. As if we have some information that's going to prove God's plan inferior. Listen to what I just said. God tells you, do this. And then you act like you're about to drop a bomb on God. But God, so-and-so has already got that position. Like God is going to be like, man, I didn't see that one coming. Woo! As if your mind is elevated above the plan of God. It is ego. It's pride. It is a demonstration that we don't know God. Our response to God's will should be yes. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place, verse 3, on which the sole of your foot treads, I've given to you, just as I spoke to Moses. Oh, it's about to get good. Just as I spoke to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just, uh-oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be, what's the next two words? What did they tell Joshua? I'm with you. Let's go back to my point just in case y'all think I lost my mind. The promise of presence should give you the faith to move into roles that you don't think you're ready for. Joshua has been with Moses through all the plagues, through the Red Sea. He's seen Moses run through people and put the fire out when God put them all on fire. 
He's seen Moses go to the mountain and fast for 40 days twice. He's seen Moses come out of the mountain with the tablets with all of the commandments on them. He has seen Moses go commune with God in thunder, lightning, and smoke. He has seen Moses pray for food and manna came from on high. He saw Moses pray for meat and meat showed up. He saw Moses hit a rock and water came out. He has seen Moses do great and mighty exploits and now I'm about to say something real big that Many times we overlook. Now God comes to Joshua and says, I'm with you and you're about to be, watch this, you're about to take over Moses' job. You're about to step into a role you don't think you're ready for. And the only promise I got for you is I'm with you. Here's the thing that I think we miss. Here's the thing I think we miss, Elder Leela. Joshua had to take the reins with no rod. Because when, Mo- when Moses got, had to take the, take the role, he said, what is in your hand? He said, a staff. Joshua got to be the next man up with no staff. I want you. Oh, I feel God. I, feel- I want you to take control, but don't take his staff. Because God oftentimes wants you to move into the next phase of his promise, of his will, of his plan without taking any residue of the old. Stop making room for old staff. Even in your own mind. Hmm? Many of you right now, the reason you can't walk into nothing new is because you're trying to figure out how to fit the old stuff in it. Huh? Let me speak this prophetically because I, I just, I kind of hear God. Um, let me speak this prophetically um, right now. Stop going into these houses. I'm talking to somebody. Stop going into these houses you keep looking for and making your decisions based upon your current furniture. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Because I would ask somebody to raise their hand because I know I'm talking to somebody. You keep going in, talking about my bed won't fit. My couch won't look right in here. And you're, watch this, you're saying no to progress based upon history. This don't fit. God's like, I know it don't fit because you ain't supposed to bring it. It don't even have to come. Leave it, throw it away, sell it. I don't care, but don't bring it with you. Don't bring it with you. And see, that's our issue. She said, you got to be without for a while. That's our issue. We don't want to go through the season of having space which is not occupied because many of us find comfort in occupying every space that you don't know how to deal with waiting on God to send what is supposed to go in that space. So now you got stuff in the space of your miracle that don't 
even belong there. Hmm? Mama's table can't come. But it's mama's table. Take a picture. Take a picture. Make a memory. Take a picture. Frame it. Put it in the room where the new thing is to remind you of the history of where you've come from. But don't bring that table in here. Yo, see, see, watch this. Some of us become nostalgic of things that our parents didn't even like. I am not, I'm trying to get past this thing. Come on now, you in love with something that your grandmother wished you threw away. And you in love with it because of where it came from. If she was still around, she would tell you, child, throw that thing away. That came from your Auntie Tutu and them. You don't want that. They used to cut crack cocaine on that table. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that. That's a bad table. That's just all I could get at that time. Girl, throw that table away. Auntie Tutu wouldn't want you to have that table. That table is crazy. They stole that table, cut crack cocaine on that table. Throw that table away. You better go get you something else. That residue, you don't even know what happened on that table. Number two. Oh, I'm almost out of time. I got 10 minutes. Only 10. This clock worked. Number two. All right. Write this down. The promise of presence should give you the faith. Listen. The promise of presence should give you the faith. This is number two. To move into assignments despite your perceived inadequacy. I'll give you number one and I'll give you number two again. So you can check your notes and make sure you're good. We good, Whisper? Very good. Number one, the promise of presence should give you the faith to move into roles that you don't think you're ready for. Some of you said yes to the role but didn't say yes to the assignment. Number two, the promise of presence should give you the faith to move into assignments despite your perceived inadequacy. Perceived inadequacy. Turn to Jeremiah, please. See, some of you said, okay, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Until, until the assignment of your yes. Then he was like, well, I didn't know I was going to have to do all that. I didn't know I was going to have to do all that. But watch. God has an amazing way of not telling you what is included in your yes. Leave your country and your kindred, Genesis 12. Go to a place, I'll show you. That's how God talks to people. 
Leave your country and your kindred and go to a place. I'll show you. Just start walking. I'll make your name great. You'll be a blessing. Bless them and bless you. I curse them to curse you. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Don't that sound good? Then his wife was barren and told him, huh? nothing went right. He was trying to be a blessing, and he, he's trying to have a kid, trying to bring up an heir. That wouldn't work. The wife couldn't get pregnant, and then she was barren and then got mad. Then she gave him the, the, the handmaiden, and then he slept with the handmaiden, and then the handmaiden had a kid, and then the, the, his wife and the handmaiden got into an argument, and then you had some baby mama drama, and then they got into an argument with each other, and then she put her out. Then they got Ishmael. Ishmael crazy. He's the father of the Muslim faith, and then you got Ishmael who mad. Ishmael get run off, and then all of a sudden she come back. She whispering and yelling and stuff at God, laughing in corners and stuff like that. Abraham talking about, ain't no way I can do it. All of this came after the yes. All of that's after Genesis 12 because it's like, I'm trying to figure out. See, because here's the thing. If God would have said in Genesis 12, Leave your country and your kindred. You about to go through some drama. Ain't nothing going to work right. Your family going to act a fool. Everybody going to turn on you. Your wife going to laugh in God's face. You going to try to do what I said, but ain't none of it going to work. It's going to take you about 70 years to have a kid. Even then, going to take another 20. You're going to be 100 and some years old before you have the first child. You will see no manifestation for about 50 years. Abraham would be like, nah, I'm cool. Because I'm very rich. Because the Bible said he was rich before he left. Come on, saints. So here's what God will do. Just say yes, and I'll tell you what it's going to be as you work it. Just say yes. Just say yes. We asking God all these questions. He was like, no, 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 no. Promise of presence. I thought we was walking by faith. I'm going to read this Jeremiah text. I am. I'm going to read it. I need to say, because I got five minutes on my clock. Y'all just keep looking at me. Listen, one of the things that the word of faith, name it, claim it movement has messed up for us is they told us to have faith for instead of having faith in. And so what happened is we had all this language. I'm having faith for my miracle. I'm having faith for a house. I'm having faith for a new job. That's not the way Jesus talked to the 12. Have faith in God. Your miracle is in God. The song even says, in him there is no failure. Right? And so when you got Faith forward. Some of you right now have even said out of your mouth, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it eat the fruit thereof, right? Some of you have even said out of your mouth, I'm believing God for. God is like, if ye believe me, come on, ain't this the Bible? He says, no, 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 no. I go away to, pre to prepare a place for you. If you believe in me, huh? Believe in. You believe, I'm just believing God for. I'm believing God's like, no, 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 no. That, that's not the way we elevate here. That's not how you open doors. That's not how you come out of your cage. You don't come out of your cage having faith in. You come out of your 
I mean, faith for. You come out of your cage having faith in. All right, I believe in God. Because see, if you only believing for the house, the house, when it comes, becomes your Christ. It becomes your functional savior. I'm believing God for a man. So when the man gets there, he becomes your Christ. Your anointed one. Even when you say God sent it, it becomes God to you. And when it, whatever it is, becomes God to you and malfunctions, you don't know how to go to God because you never had faith in God. You only had faith for so when the thing you had faith in that you actually manifested by principle, not by faith. See, it's possible to manifest a result by principle and have no faith. The year Bill Gates gave the most money in the world, he became the richest man in the world because it's a principle that he gives seed to the sower and he multiplies your seed sown. has nothing to do with belief. Huh? You don't have to believe in God to see principles work. So some of us have things based upon principles with no faith. But then when the thing malfunctions because you never had faith and never, you only had the principle, which was your work ethic. All you know to fix it is not to pray, but to try to work harder. Now you're burned out and you're saying stuff like you overwhelmed because you never had faith in. You only had faith for. And then you miscalculate faith without works is dead by thinking that the work was the believing. The work is not the believing. The work that accompanies your faith is the doing based upon the faith. Based upon. God, what do you want me to do? Not what am I going to do to prove to myself that I'm working. Jeremiah, chapter one. According to my watch, I have about 30 seconds. Verse four, Jeremiah one, four. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I've appointed you, I have. You ain't even said yes to it, but you already... You already appointed. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Here comes Jeremiah. This is us right here. I said, alas, Lord, God, behold, I don't know how to speak now. I'm too young for this. A youth. Lord said to me, do not say you're immature. Don't say I'm a youth. That's really what God was saying. This was not about his age. This was about a maturity. What Jeremiah was saying is, I'm in, too immature for that task. He said, don't say that. Everywhere I send you, you'll go. All that I command you, you'll speak. Do not be afraid of them. Here it is. For I am 
with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Don't be afraid. What you, what you afraid for? Your immaturity means nothing because you ain't talking no way. What you concerned about your maturity for? Just repeat after me. Oh. Just repeat after me. We teach little bitty babies how to repeat after me. Huh? Are you telling me you immature? Here's what I need you to do. Everywhere I send you, go. And then once you get there, everything I say, say. If you can play Simon Says, we can change the work. If I tell you to arise and go to Nineveh, don't you buy a ticket to Tarshish because you'll end up in the belly of a fish. When I say Nineveh, I meant Nineveh. Don't you, don't you, they're not Tarshish. Hmm? That's what I said. If you can play, that's it. God, where am I supposed to go? Nowhere. But I feel, at, at. Get your feelings out of this. I don't like it. And? But God, yes. That's where I want to send you. Don't forget the prophet. Closing my book. I'm out. Don't forget the prophet. He tells the prophet, I want you to go marry this prostitute. I want you to go marry. She's a prostitute. Oh, by the way, she not done doing her thing. She's not done. Now, can you imagine being in this conversation? God is like, hear me out. Hear me out. Marry her. Do right by her. She going to cheat on you. Wait, and she gonna have kids with the people she cheat with. Not once, but a bunch of times. She gonna have a bunch of kids with a bunch of different people. Hang on in there. Hang on in there. And you know what God says to him? He says, now I need you not to act out so the people can see. Listen to me. So the people can see that the way your wife treated you is how they've been treating me. And the way you're responding to her is the way I'm responding to them. So your marriage is about to be the visible prophetic declaration of how I'm treating the children of Israel. So Israel is the harlot. They keep cheating. I keep loving. So I'm going to show them through your marriage that though your wife keep cheating, and they going to talk about you in the city. Because trust me, everybody going to come and say, bruh, leave her. You can't because I ain't left them. Now, why you bring that up, Bishop? Because... What's going to happen when God tells you to do something you don't like? Now, what you think about this? This prophet did it. 
God tell you to go across the room and speak to somebody and you go into full travail. Oh, Jesus. I mean, you just losing it. Praying, crying, twisting and turning. God is like, okay. Okay, listen. Here's what I need you to do. 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 You had, you've never rendered anything to me. I keep waking you up. You keep finding yourself on the wake-up list. So I need you to render me. I need you to just render me some worship this morning. That's it. Just lift your hand. Let's just start with lifting of the hands. Let's just start with some surrender. That's it. You, ain't, you don't have to sing along. Just God, that ain't my style. See, you don't want to lift your hands, so let me put you on your face. You don't like hands? We can do face. Do y'all have your points? I only got through two. I'll give you the third for your notes. I'll give you the third for your notes. You can go sturdy it on your own. Get your lesson out. The promise of presence should give you the faith to move into unknown territory. That's not, let me give you the rest of it. And do the work of ministry without compromise. The promise of presence should give you the faith to move into unknown territory and do the work of ministry without compromise. Last time. The promise of presence should give you the faith to move into unknown territory and do the work of ministry without compromise. For that scripture reference, write down in your notes, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. He says, go. Powerful thing about that Matthew 28 text. He says, all authority is mine. Go ye. Blesses me every time. I got all the power. You go. And he says, he ends it by saying this, and lo, I'm with you. Always. Now, I'm through. Y'all learn something? <laughs> oh, the agitation that I see on many faces is so, such a beautiful thing. Now I'll say this as I'm prepared to pray. I'll say this as I'm preparing to pray. Many of you right now in the spirit are even struggling with the receiving of the Holy Spirit. Struggling with that. But you know what the Lord says about the Holy Spirit? He says, listen. I'm trying to give you the Holy Spirit to be with you forever. So when you reject the feeling, you're rejecting the presence. I need to say something very important. You cannot have God's presence while rejecting the feeling of his Holy Spirit. Okay. I'll come over to this side. 
We can't keep saying, God, send your glory, but don't feel me. I'll come back to the middle. I'll say it very academically. We cannot reject a full pneumatology. That's, that's the study of the Holy Spirit. You cannot reject a full pneumatology, which includes the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the filling of the Holy Spirit and simultaneously ask for the glory of God to fill your life, which in turn means a rejection of the Spirit is a rejection of your own needs. If he supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory, but you don't want the glory filler, you're rejecting your own needs. I ain't doing all that. No problem. Keep working for your needs. I helped somebody. I see it. That was a fresh agitation. I pulled back one more layer. We good? Show of hands, how many of you learned something? How many of y'all got agitated? Come on. Good. Joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy of the Lord is your strength. Take that agitation and go study your notes. Amen. Go study your notes. Notes on the paper are no good if you don't go back and reflect upon them. Go back, read those notes. If you didn't take notes... I really don't know what to tell you. You do need to go back and listen. Some of you need to listen with your notes because you miss stuff. I'm about to pray uh, for you. But I remember in my professional life, the first time in my professional life, many times over my life, I've been like checked hard. And so in my professional life, I was working for government and I walked into the city manager's office and I walked into her office and she began to give me instructions. And she's giving me the instructions and I'm, I'm focused, Ebony. I'm listening to her. Listening to her, shaking my head. You know, I know my manners. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Understood. Yes, ma'am. And she stopped. And she said, Mr. Lyons. Yes, ma'am. Where's your notebook? I said, I, I don't have one, ma'am. Do you not have one because you don't have one? Or do you not have one because you didn't bring one? I didn't bring one, ma'am. She said, Mr. Lyons, you are not that good. When you come into my office without a notebook, you are disrespecting what I have to say. You cannot remember everything. Never show back up there without a notebook. Show didn't. I will tell you in the words of Michael Hyatt. The brain is for having ideas, not for keeping them. The brain is a processor, not an adequate hard drive.
So when you get the stuff out of your brain, you are opening up processing space for more movement. Amen? So please hear me. Please hear me. Write this stuff down. Study it. Read it again. Write some more. Go back to the text. Study it. Listen again. Read it again. Just go back to your notes. Study it. I reread books all the time. Every time I reread one, I'm like, huh, miss that. Amen? If it's important to you. This word of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Huh? Meditate on it. The, the Bible says in that passage, and you'll have good success. Because all success ain't good. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I honor you. Lord, if there's anybody in this place that doesn't know you, challenge their heart today. Give them strength to come to know you for themselves. Lord, thank you for this word and this challenge. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Clap those hands. Many times... I'm asked oftentimes for those of you who have been visiting, thank you for those in our online audience, thank you. We're about to give here shortly. I got a couple of things to say. Many times I am asked, Bishop, I've been coming, I've been coming. You never ask anybody to join. You are correct, I do not. Um, because at the end of the day, we're looking for people who are interested in coming into covenant with what we're doing. If that's you, you're like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to come into covenant with the ministry. You can please see Chantrice. She's right here. Wave your hand, Chantrice. That's Chantrice. If you're like, you know, I want to be a part of that, then see Chantrice. Because, again, it's not about membership. It's about covenant. You can be a member of the Y. I'm a member of Kroger Plus. UDF Rewards. Entering a covenant with the things of God. Amen? Amen. Couple of things here. On Saturday, January 21st, 10 a.m., God has laid on my heart. I'm going to do this. Any Christian entrepreneur, if you're an entrepreneur and you believe that you love God, you're Christian, I am meeting with you guys in a virtual meeting. I have some things I want to say. Uh, I think, unfortunately, we have taught people that the only way to operate in calling is to preach everybody ain't a preacher y'all your level of kingdom influence could be in business it could also be in government but I'm, I'm going to meet with Christian entrepreneurs Saturday January 21st 10am if you want to get on that list and that is you. Please see Chantrice. Joni's not here. Please see Chantrice as well. She'll get you together. Two volunteer opportunities if you want to serve. Anybody that has graphics skill set, graphic design, you got that skill? I'm already. Like we got the people who want to learn. And if that's you, that's cool. But we need an already person in addition to the people who ain't at the already yet, like I want to, got you. You can serve too. 
but we do need an already person. Amen. You already got graphics under your belt. The media team is looking for you. Amen. You can see Elder Orlando. Pantry team is also looking for some folks. And you can see Rosalind, who is there in the rear. They are looking for individuals as well. Consistent, committed, non-complaining folks. For all ministries. Consistent, committed, non-complaining. Amen. Because, I mean, you know, it's work out here in these streets. Okay. I'm, I told my wife, I'm convinced that some of us wouldn't have lasted a week with Jesus. For real. We wouldn't have lasted a week, Elder Deborah. On day two, we would have been like, we going back to church? Like back? We was there three times yesterday, Jesus. Three times. He was like, and we going three times today and three times tomorrow. Oh, and they're going to try to kill us every time. Dang, Jesus. I think I'm going to do something else. That's fine. That's why he would ask people, y'all going to desert me too? <laughs> he didn't ask them that as God. He asked them that as their pastor. Never mind. All right. It's good work. Get your giving in your hand. Thank you so much for those of you who continue to give so faithfully who continue to give. Come on, let's come with our basket. Everybody stand to your feet. We're going to give. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Thank you so much for those who have been so serious about giving, so serious about the mindset of giving. The heart. Giving is a heart issue. Amen? I said giving is a heart issue. It's not a calculation. It's a heart issue. Amen. So get that giving in your hand. Hold it up. Hold your giving up. Father, I thank you for gifts and givers. Thank you for those that have it in their heart to give, not grudgingly or of necessity, because you said God loves a cheerful giver. In Jesus' name and for your glory, glory. Amen. If you're giving digitally, information is on the screen. We got all of our digital platforms working, so we're good. Go ahead. Follow the directions. Children, come at this time.
Stand to your feet, stand to your feet. Shh. Everybody stand to your feet. How many of you are challenged to do better this week? Huh? How many of you are challenged to come out of the cage of disbelief? The cage of unbelief, the cage of fear. Come on now, your faith is about to let you out your cage. Huh? Father, I thank you. Father, I honor you. I give you praise. And now unto him who is able to keep us from falling. Present us faultless before his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. May the Lord make his countenance shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Love somebody before you leave. Have a great week. still spreading the gospel virtually live every Sunday morning and Wednesday night. All you have to do is tune in during these times. So come and check us out and get the word on these platforms. Just download the BoxCast app on your Roku, Apple TV, and Fire Stick TV. You can watch us on your favorite social media or watch us at the marketplacemovement.online.church or our church website, themarketplacemovement.com view worship. The Marketplace Movement, where we continue to reach, enhance, and advance lives.